And hello again. This is officially the first episode of the Horizon Roundtable. Um, this is for Horizon League fans uh, near and far. Uh, I'm Bob McDonald. I am the Cleveland State columnist at More Than a Fan Cleveland. You can catch me every week at uh, cleveland.fortmorethanafan.net and on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And as always, I have with me Jimmy Lemke from uh, Panther U. Take it away, hello, Jimmy. Hello, everybody. How's everything going this weekend? And, of course, you can catch Jimmy on uh, PantherU.com. That is the website. It's been there since we're going to be – wow. Uh, it will be seven years in May since PantherU was, was started. So I'm getting How many years go by? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts how, how much – how much is just horizon league action I've absorbed in my, in my time as uh, in, you know, at this program. So I'm, I'm excited because we, we, we did do the episode. What was it? Two weeks ago. Actually it was really, before the, yeah, it was it two was, weeks ago. It seems like yeah. it might've been three weeks ago. It was pretty fresh though. It was before the, it was before the conference season started. I it, know was, it was um, it was a couple weeks ago, and it was really episode zero. So this really is the first episode. That's right. So I'm pretty excited. I know you're pretty excited. Oh, so we I should am, get this kicked I off. I am super pumped, and, and the reason I'm super pumped is uh, uh, the next uh, the second segment, uh, second part of this podcast. We, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have some our first guest. Um, the the, uh, the 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 Metro series, uh, the first game of that uh, between Oakland and Detroit is coming up next week, and. Uh, we got to get some. Uh, we got to get some Detroit and Oakland people on. So we got three of them um, from Detroit. We got Carrick Jones. Um, he does. Uh, he does radio for the student radio station, and he writes uh, for the varsity. Uh, we also have Brian Everson from Press Row Sports. covers uh, covers Oakland very very well. And we also have Matthew Dudek, who is the who runs uh, Grizz Talk. The um, the Oakland fan what message board. So uh, I'm looking forward to having that. Um, definitely heated rivalry, and that is going to be absolutely exciting. I'm very excited. Um, there may be a little talk with Brian Everson about doing um, – we, we, we had tried to do a website called thehorizon.com, which has given the name to this. Uh, in fact, the logo that we use for this podcast is originally from that website. And um, – you know, Brian and I had started a website because we wanted to cover all of the teams. And the problem was that, that we found was that um, we, we didn't have enough content from different people and it was hard to keep everything moving in the right direction. Uh, I'm not a great manager of a lot of people like that. So it was, it, it didn't do so well, but um, Brian and I may be talking about doing something similar in the, uh, in the future. In fact, we just started talking about it today. So we may, talk about a little bit about a project like that, but definitely the Oakland Detroit rivalry. Oh yes. Big, big, big news of the week. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, as a Milwaukee fan, obviously, you know, I, I'm looking forward to our trip down to Velpo on Thursday, but I mean, Detroit and Oakland didn't play forever. Been in the conference no. for a few years. It's been, it, Oakland's been here for a few years. So now it's, it's really, we're really getting to the meat of that rivalry. So I'm glad to see that. You know, well, we're really getting to the meat of the schedule. As much as uh, rivalries as they are, they do have one thing in common. They both got pounded by Valpo this week. <laughs> yeah, they did. And 
the surprise was really the Valpo Oakland game on Friday night. I mean, you, you talk about that was supposed to be like the marquee matchup period. It was in the arena, you know, and Valpo just pretty much had no problem taking care of Oakland at all. I mean, I was, I saw the game on Friday night. I was like, okay, where's the game? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, K. Felder got his K. Felder got his points, but man, that Valpo team—that there is a reason why they, even if they don't win the tournament, they, they you got to make a consideration for them for an out at large because they are just absolutely just monsters. They're getting into that territory, and their schedule really—I mean, I think it would be—I think they'd be shoe ins. Yes. For an at-large bid, if they didn't have that Ball State loss on their schedule, which just looks so terrible, and it gets worse as yeah. Ball State gets crushed in the MAC. So, yeah, that's that's like the only blemish, though. But you know, the the rest of them, you know, you've got Belmont, you've got Belmont. Oregon the Street. Belmont loss was close, and they yes. beat Belmont earlier in the year. Exactly, and so, they yeah. lost at Oregon. So it yes. wasn't. It's not like. It's not like Valpo has a bunch of bad losses. They have two close losses. Mm-hmm. Or all, all three of their losses are close. Yeah. And only one of them is really all that questionable. Sure, sure. And Oakland. Oakland is a little of a surprise because you had Oakland. This was supposed to be the bounce back game as, as well as the marquee matchup because they lost to Youngstown State. And we'll get a little bit into the whole Youngstown State thing in a minute. But then Valpo turns around today, and Sunday, and they just – completely obliterate uh, Detroit. Um, the second half, of course, Detroit mounted a, mounted themselves a comeback. Yes. But in the end, Valpo is just Valpo. I mean, I'm surprised. I actually, the only thing I was surprised about was that Valpo didn't score 100. The, the, the real good thing about what Valpo does, that they do, they, they do better than everybody else, is is defense yes uh, right state has a pretty fantastic defense um oakland itself does a pretty good does pretty well for itself on defense they just have a lot of uh, a lot of possessions but mm-hmm. um velpo what they do well they do the they, they guard the perimeter very well uh, over, over the season on defense opponents are shooting uh, just a hair short of 31 percent from outside the arc that's not a green light you know, for any individual player. So mm-hmm. you're really in, in this day and age where three point shooting is a big part of a lot of teams. It's good for Valpo to figure out how to, how to guard on the perimeter and on the inside, they do a great job of funneling players towards Vashel Fernandez, oh, who yeah. has never been, he's never going to be a guy who's going to score 30 points in a game unless something crazy happens. But the guy's a brick wall. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 the arms is what really he's not he's not a brick wall in the sense of a guy like Aaron Pogue was. Oh, yeah, he's he's got he's just got these arms that are just so long, like kind of like Lamarcus Lowe had at Detroit, mm-hmm. but in, uh, but unlike Lowe, uh, unlike Lowe. Fernandez does have a little bit of the brick wall that you're that you're talking about. He's 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 big enough and beefy enough that he's not going to get pushed around in the post defensively, no. but he's long he's long enough to get those get those blocks and alter those shots. So and and he's also he's so long 
that he doesn't have to foul to alter a shot and he doesn't have and he doesn't have to um he doesn't have to come on top of you to get you know to get what he wants which is for you to put up a shot and miss it whether he touches the ball or not and that that was a common thread i saw in today's game as well as friday's game yeah and the funny part about yeah. that is fernandez did not score any points today <laughs> which is fine his job isn't to score points he's the yep. one guy on the court for velpo whose job isn't to score points nope that is going to be everybody else's job today especially it was alec peters 39 yep. points i mean on 60 percent shooting i might add 12 20 I mean, he's, he came out on fire. I think he had, he had 10 of Velpo's first 12 points. Yeah. I think he had 14 of their first 20 or something like that. And Peters is just... At a certain stretch, he had outscored the entire Detroit team. He's so good at scoring from so many spots on the floor. He's a lot like what Gordon Hayward was for Butler yeah. in that he can score in a variety of ways. He's a, he's a fantastic shooter. He's a fantastic. He's a he's he's good enough hold, handling the ball that you don't worry when he puts the ball on the floor, and he's he know he's just so good at spacing. He knows just where to be on the floor in the half court offense he's in, a junior, in every right? situation. What was that? He's a junior, right? Yeah, I mean he's so we got to put up with him for another year. Yeah, he's no he's not a risk. Um, you know, they'll lose Fernandez. So Valpo's yeah. defense is going to change considerably next yeah. year. Sure. That mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're going to be worse off defensively no. when Fernandez is gone, but they're definitely going to have to change how they play because right now a lot of their defense is funneling people towards Fernandez, who just has yeah. incredible length. Um, Peters, they may be even better next year. Yes. They are, they are very stacked. As a yeah, team right it, now. I think it's. I mean, already this year they've pretty much proven it's Valpo and everybody else. Um, yeah, and, and you mentioned Fernandez. They weren't even actually really sure that he was going to be in for that fifth year. Yeah, I mean, they, I think I, I think he was actually part of their celebration for Senior Day. Yeah, he was. Didn't he propose to his girlfriend or something? Yeah, he did. Uh, it was it was kind of uh, it was he thought he was life. leaving, so he's like, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good thing. The funny thing is, my my wife likes giving me crap that I never I never I, when I when I asked her to marry me, I did it in a stupid way in a public park in St. Louis because we were visiting my sister, mm. and Fernandez did exactly what she says I should have done. Oh. <laughs> She's like, you should have done it at half court of a basketball game. We could have made that happen, and I'm thinking like. You could have. Really. I wrote, she told me beforehand that she and she's saying behind me. No, he didn't. She, I, I distinctly remember before <laughs> beforehand. She told me she didn't like that idea, but maybe she was just playing coy. I don't know. But Fernandez did it. It was really nice. I thought it was. I I, I thought it's cool and it's nice. Fernandez what, has a little bit more juice in you to be able to make that happen. So. <laughs> well, they make they make it happen for me, or else I'd. Uh, or else I'd really raise some hell with that athletic department. Hey, I got them to put the name of the school on the building, so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Problem good. solved. I got a little bit of pull around there. Yeah. You know, so, I, I think what's really cool about Fernandez doing that uh, is is Valpo is very much, you know, that, that program has very a lot of a family atmosphere to it. It does. And I, it's definitely that small town feel. 
And that's what got a guy like Peters to even commit mm-hmm. to that program because, it, it, I mean, they touched on it today a little bit, but Alec Peters had some pretty hefty offers in recruiting and he picked Valpo. And it was a pretty, it was a pretty incredible that he was going to go to a school in the horizon league when he had offers for, I'm trying to remember some of these schools. Um, he had, I want to say Boston college, St. Louis. I know we had an offer for him, although I don't think we really recruited him heavily. Uh, green Bay, Illinois state, um, Butler was on him, which was kind of surprising. I think Butler was a part of a playing time thing, but pretty much almost the entire Horizon League was on top of that guy. I don't think Cleveland was because he's never really been a Gary Waters. He's not Gary Waters type guy. No, he's not. It it, it just goes to show what kind of culture they've they've established at Valpo. Oh, yeah. And it really is a family atmosphere. It really is a a small-town culture. They really – kind of adopted the the high school basketball atmosphere that everybody knows from the movie Hoosiers and they've really thrown it into you know the college ranks uh, they, the, I, I think they've done a very fa- I think they've done a fantastic job with it and that's how you can get a player like Alec Peters oh absolutely I mean that you hit it right on the head I mean that's you know the Val, Valpo definitely has that you know close-knit thing going on and it comes from the continuity really because you yeah. had homer drew there forever then you had scott drew before he went over went into completely transformed baylor because that program was completely dead before he got there <laughs> um, it, wasn't, it wasn't just the program that was dead. oh man <laughs> and just yeah i probably shouldn't have said that um <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> it was just it's 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 it was crazy like the the absolute insane thing that happened there and you know you had to be for for a person to be willing to walk into that situation which is so unfortunate and it's really bad, sad that a lot of that stuff happened at Baylor it really did i mean but it's... but you have to have a certain um you have to have a certain moral makeup you have to have a certain willpower to be able to say, yes, I will walk into this situation and help. And he's been there ever since. And he's, he's, he's turned he's over. Turned into a powerhouse, really? I mean, Baylor's is, is a fantastic program. Consistent top 25 team. Maybe we'll edit out the, the death. Crack. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, it's, it's Scott. He's, he's done a fantastic. It was a job. euphemism. It wasn't a crack. Yeah, it wasn't. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But I've been, it, I was really impressed with, uh, Homer Drew, the guy. The guy built his family into that program. He did. And Bryce has had offers. Yes. I, we we know Mississippi State wasn't just sniffing, but they. I think they had an offer on the table. Can't they, wait for them to were, offer again because you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's, there's a few there. I mean, there are several teams that have offered our coach Jeter, but I, I, I know that I th- I'm sure Bryce in half the time that Jeter has been here has gotten as many or more offers to come coach different schools. And he's, he's stuck with it. And I, I, I think that as long as they can keep Bryce drew, they're going to be set with how they build, how they keep that program running. 
Um, yeah. What, if he moves on, you know, you, you hope to, you hope to hold on to somebody that can keep that going, but you just, you just, you just don't know. You can never know. Is there uh, another Drew around? I probably should have. I, I think any, that, I anytime think I go to Belleville, I should always ask, is there They have a Drew? sister. I know that. I'm, or I'm pretty sure they have a sister. Oh, okay. Well, maybe can she, she can coach. Can she, yeah, maybe she can coach. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Bryce is going. I, I, there's, one, there's one thing I wanted to touch on before we moved on from sure. Belleville, which was um, there's something else that they've done that I don't think a lot of people have really paid attention to over the years. And that's that they, they recruit Europe very well. Um, they, they recruit, they recruit abroad in incredibly, oh, yeah. in an incredible fashion on, on this year's team alone. Fernandez is a foreign player. Scara is a foreign player. You have, let's see. Uh, Tavon Walker is a foreign player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Devon's from uh, Canada, and yes. Shane Hammock and Shane Hammock is a former former player, although he, a foreign yes. player, but he he started at LSU. It's just that they it, it, uh, we have a we have a fan here named Paul Spacuza. He's um, he's a longtime member of the Freak Message Board, and he's a um, he's he's kind of a an elder as far as the fan base is, is concerned because the guy knows box scores from the nineties and basketball games. And he'll, he'll talk about Valpo recruiting and he said, he'll say, yeah. you know, it's almost like Homer will, will go to these players. We, I, we, I remember we had a discussion about Samuel Hanpa a few, well, you know, oh, geez, years ago. Wow, yeah. and he says, he says, I'm sure Samuel Hanpa comes to Valpo and Homer drew says, well, you can go to Connecticut or you can go to Louisville or you can come to Valparaiso. There's really nothing. There's really nothing different about the schools, <laughs> and, and these foreign. Maybe the foreign kids just don't know. <laughs> maybe they don't know. Maybe they. Well, this had. But how does that even work? Because you know, doesn't Homer Drew know that there's this thing called the internet? Yeah, actually, I, I, it I, clearly it doesn't matter because you, it, you know, even with that. I don't know. I mean, he they do say the that Harvard in. is I mean, the Valparaiso of the Northeast. So then there you go. Maybe. I don't know. They, 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 they sell what they have very well to recruits. There are recruits that they, that they can get at that university that a lot of us don't have. And I know that, I mean, they're, they're, they're a private school. They're a Lutheran school. So maybe there's some, I don't know if there's some missionary side to that. Maybe there is and they're, and they're exploiting it and not, and not, not, not to say that's a bad thing. It's a great thing for the, you know, um, but when you have, missionaries carrying your oh and you have missionaries carrying your university garb all across the world people are going to know your name of course <laughs> and they've, of course. they've done a great job at that and on top of the family you know the family small town atmosphere Valpo's got a really good thing going they really and do if they if the if the town was just some was just bigger i would i would be I would have much. I would see a much higher upside with them, but unfortunately, the area is just so small. So there's, there's ceiling. Oh, do you have no be. idea? It's, it's actually it's grown exponentially over the years. I know that. Um, I know there's something like a hundred thousand people within like fifty miles. Yeah, and of course you got Chicago an hour away. Yeah, I just so, I, I I know that I know that when they host the Horizon League tournament, they've got a five thousand seat arena, which may do. or may not actually be five thousand seats, and they don't sell it out. So. 
the question is is this really is this really something they is, is this really the, is there a ceiling beyond what they have now um as I, far think as, like, I think that's a fifty thousand dollar question that's the that's the uh, the growth of the program is concerned is how how i would say but i i'm i'm like every other pure basketball fan i am i am very happy to be able to watch such a great group of players and such a great team really it's a, it's, it's a fantastic team it really is and man they've done such a good job and yeah. I hope that the Horizon League can hold on to them for a lot for you know as long as as long as we're here, you know. That is something I was thinking about because a few weeks ago you probably saw it as well mm-hmm. that Wichita State is yeah. reevaluating their place in the valley. And right. there may be some potential that they may leave. And if that happens, who's next to you know the logic Kind I th- of precipitates I, that you, they're probably going to pick from the Horizon League to, for somebody else. Well, I, I think the uh, if if we just if we humor this idea that Wichita State leaves, um, yeah, I think Valpo would be an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you solidify the Chicago recruiting market yes. while kicking Horizon League almost out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all would be able to recruit, you know, except for us and UIC because we're both within driving distance. Mm-hmm. you'd be able to kick out the rest of the conference pretty much out of Chicago completely for recruiting. Yeah. But, um, cause I don't think, yeah. Belmont, I, Belmont turned Missouri Valley, the Missouri Valley down. Did they now? They did. Um, the president, and I think he actually went on the record stating that the, both the horizon league and the Missouri Valley, he didn't feel added enough exposure nationally for Belmont to be, to, for it to be worth it to Belmont to leave their new Ohio Valley conference to go to that, to, to move up to one of those. Now, this is definitely an academic guy who may not quite understand just how big the Missouri Valley is, but then again, who knows? Yeah. You don't turn, you kind of don't want to turn them down, but who knows? That's, I, I did not know that. I, I was always of the, of the thought and maybe I was wrong that, as, as far as the Horizon League was concerned, their biggest issue was that they were kind of out there on an island without a pra- traveling partner, per se. Yeah, I, I think that when the Horizon League was looking, and the, the discussions definitely happened with Belmont, I know that's, that's a fact. I'm sure that Belmont was – I'm sure that we could have found them a travel partner if need be. Um, Sure. I think that, I think Lipscomb, I believe, was the was the name that was uh, you know bantied about. Yeah, I've seen Lipscomb. I saw Murray State. Um, Murray State would never go, leave. Oh, we can go back to that tweet where I speculated that um, that that where I speculated based on who I've been talking to that it Horizon wasn't even was speculation. I, it was I, it people was were talking to me. These were names setting. that were coming up, and people are like saying that I'm reporting that, this on Twitter. Yeah, like, John Perry himself. On the radio, talking to Al Pulowski, he said, "He said as the three names. He said Lipscomb. He said Belmont. And he said um, he said Northern Kentucky, and he said um, Murray State. I don't think are, Murray State. Are then, 
our then chancellor wanted Northern Kentucky, as did I, yeah. for for the future. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm some if I'm the commissioner of the Horizon League, and I want to build a conference that can succeed over the next twenty years, I think Northern Kentucky's the school. Um. Well, we we got it. We jump, we got to jump on that. So. Yeah. I, the, before, I, just one last thing on the realignment. I don't think Wichita State will leave the Missouri Valley because I think cooler heads will prevail. Um, first and foremost, the ideas that they have to move up, there, there's nowhere to move up. You can go to the American, but you need football. You can go to the Sun Belt, but you need football. You can go to the Big 12, but you need football. So this idea that Wichita State is going to move up is entirely based on this sport, and they have been talking about adding football, which is a terrible idea because – they had as, it as many everybody years ago, knows, and they got rid of it in '86, I think. Yeah, and Kansas is not a recruiting stronghold by any stretch of the ima- uh, imagination. Is the birthplace of basketball, not football. Yeah, Kansas is a basketball place, which, even despite its size, is good enough to have three major programs and one good a good mid major if UMKC ever figures it out. But mm-hmm. uh, overall. It's just the people talking about adding football at Wichita State are just not thinking with their heads. No. They, there are costs that they wouldn't have to deal with because they're Wichita State. They are a space-grant institution. A lot of people have heard of land-grant institutions where a university can basically have eminent domain over the surrounding area. So like here in Wisconsin, it's uh, University of Madison in Ohio. It's Ohio State. Of course, you're you have your designated land grant school, and they can basically buy whatever they want. They just you know have to use. They can use eminent domain, or you know who they're buying from can take it take the offer before they use it. Um, whereas so there's something called space grant, which is what Wichita State has, which means that Wichita State is a is an air hub for research institutions. So part of that is that Wichita State has a fleet has has an air as an airfield mm-hmm. as well as a as well as pro, uh, several planes. They've basically got their own charter planes. Yes. Greg Marshall if he wanted could board a plane and go to Cleveland and recruit a player without spending the university spending a dime because all of it's taken up because they are a space grant institution. Mm. So that would explain Anton Grady. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, fish that. Why don't you but... twist that knife in a little bit more? <laughs> oh, sorry, Bob. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on. I, I want to talk a little bit about the Youngstown State thing because they beat Oakland, and then this weekend they beat Green Bay, which yeah. – yeah. I'm completely and totally surprised by this period. I I've watched the Green Bay game twice, and what, what I watched the Oakland game mean? once. This is this is this is what I believe about Youngstown State, um, and I've watched our game with them twice. And my my belief, as far as Youngstown State is concerned, and you beat them like a drum. Oh yeah, I think we. I thought I thought that over the summer, the best move that the Horizon League could have made was to kick Youngstown out and not uh, bring in Northern Kentucky. Um, I still believe that kicking Youngstown state out is the best thing that this conference can do for itself. But 
um, getting aside from that, because that's an annual thing. That's not something that we can talk about right now. We're not going to have a vote to kick a conference team out on January 10th. What I'm saying is um, with this team this year, I, I think that the Bobby Hain injury was very, very um, – it, it, it was it was a big part of why they're having this success right now, and it, it's funny, you know, you hear. And Bobby Hayne isn't a bad player. He's actually no, one of the best players that they what, have. That, that's my point is that he's one of the best post players in the conference. So when Jerry Slocum is sitting down in the spring and saying these are the players that I'm going to have, how am I going to build my style play around these players? He's obviously going to be using Bobby Hayne. Bobby Hain being, you know, a 12.6 rebound a game guy or something like that. He is a fantastic player. You lose him in the, in the Notre Dame game if to, for, to the foot injury from the Notre Dame game. He's out four to eight weeks is what we're hearing also indefinitely. Yeah. So we don't know exactly when it'll be. Um, but he's definitely out for now, which has caused Jerry Slocum to have to change the style of, of Youngstown's game. Youngstown for you know as long as Bobby Hain has been there has run the offense almost completely through uh Hain even when Kendrick Perry yeah. was running the offense they were still touching the post on a lot of possessions because they wanted they wanted to get Hain involved in that offense now that he's not there Jerry Slocum's had to work on fitting a style of play to what he has on the floor and he's adapted the, the style of play they have adapted is is more free running than it than it had been because Hain is not a plotter. I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a plotter, but he's not a he's not a rim runner. He's not a guy who you're gonna you're gonna catch a fast break and he's gonna run down and get an alley an alley oop in transition. You know, that's not the that's not Haynes' style of play. The yeah. other guys on the team though do fit that transition offense, do fit more of a smaller, quicker game. So Youngstown's playing a different game that suits its its roster, its current roster, better than maybe even the former one did. And that has caused uh, that has caused these these Horizon League teams in the first four games that they've had, it's caused these Horizon League teams to look at them and say, who who are you? You know, we don't we don't know what this team is. You know, their their loss at Detroit was by nine. It was not a it was not a it was not a bad loss. Detroit, in fact, I think wasn't Detroit's first home loss. Might have been today. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, was. this was their this was their first home loss was today. So it was against Falcon, so <clears throat> right. So Youngstown State. They were rolling too. I mean, I mean, Youngstown's they they scored eighty seven points in that game, so they they were definitely running. And Detroit scores a lot too, so there wasn't much defense. But but my point is that they could they could very well be three and one right now, and a lot of it just has to do with the fact that this is a team that although when you're scouting somebody and you're and you're sitting your players down to go over the scout, you know we're looking at you're looking at game tape from the whole season. Mm-hmm. And Youngstown State's game tape features a, a guy who gets a lot of the offense running through him, and he doesn't exist anymore. He's not there. So you have to take him out and say, well, they've changed it to this. Well, a player who's looking at film, you know, you can see it on their faces. I've, I've, I've been in many film sessions where you talk about a guy who's been injured, and he's not in the game, but they're still going to be looking at that kid 
and it's hard to really understand because you can't see how how they've done. Um, I know that I know that our team when we got when we were getting ready when they were doing the scout for Youngstown, they threw out basically the entire video and the video coordinator spent. I mean, I think he spent like two days just picking apart the the Detroit and Oakland games just to get it ready for the assistant coach to do the scout. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hard job to do in such a quick turnaround. And that's not to say that green Bay didn't do that. And that's why they lost. That's to say that we didn't have much tape and we shot very well in the first half. So we, we easily weathered their, their run in the second half. Green Bay couldn't, you know, couldn't hold on to that. Oakland couldn't stop them. And it's because all four teams, Detroit, Oakland, Milwaukee, and Green Bay, have seen a different Youngstown State team than everybody else has seen this sure. season. So I think that I think that the team fits a better style now. But I also think that Youngstown State's time in playing well and winning games is somewhat numbered. And the reason for that is that every game they play, there's more tape on them without Bobby Hayden. So when they come into their games next week, they're they're your are they playing you guys? Is is it your turn for the travel partner rivalry game next week? Um, that is a good question. I should know this information, and yet I do not. Um, I, I, I want to say it's Cleveland State and Youngstown State on Friday or Saturday. I think it is. Um, actually, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're the travel. Actually, we we hit. Um, yeah, Youngstown State's at Northern Kentucky, and oh, okay. Cedar's then at Wright State, the, and then Northern Ohio, around. Southern Ohio trip. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's going on. Um, and then from there we have the um, – and then, of course, we have the – yeah, and then they flip it around and then move it on from there. Um, but, yeah, that's – I think by the time they get to Wright State, they'll be three and two because, you know, it's North, you know, Northern Kentucky is just, the, just the, the young pups in there. And, uh yeah. I mean, they're not going to, you know, they probably will. Wright State will probably, by the time they get to Wright State, though, I think they'll probably have figured it out. Wright State's I mean, not going to let them run. Yeah. And that's something that Detroit and Oakland, uh, and uh, here's the thing Detroit, Oakland, and Green Bay will let them run. Um, we <laughs> tried to keep it slowed down a bit, and that worked for us. So I don't think Wright State's going to do that because Wright State's going to be the best defense they'll have faced. Wright State has more tape on the on the Hainless Youngstown State team than any of us had. So my guess is that Wright State will handle them, and then from then on, uh, they're just going to settle back into being Youngstown State because they don't have a post presence. They they really don't. Possibly. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's, you know, unless anybody can find a answer. Hey, Bob. Bob, I can't, I can't hear you, Bob. Bob, we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to stop it and pick it back up because, yeah, the, the, it's not working right now. I'm getting the I'm getting it like your auto tuned at the moment. I'm gonna hang up. Let's kind of. Right, like, you want to talk about that then? 
Oh, wait, yeah, well, there you went. There you are. Oh, you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> if, it di- if, it, if it starts dipping again, I'm just going to say let's, let's uh, you know, just cut it and restart it again. Yeah. Um, so that was the um, – yeah, so I um, had mentioned the – the fact that, you know, I was talking about how you were, uh, we agreed about the Youngstown State, you know, probably not getting past Bright State at all. Um, and then that, would be my, that would be my guess. Yeah. And I think theoretically everything will return back to whence it came, possibly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope, I hope not. I, I always want to hear that Youngstown state's going to turn everything around and they're going to become a program that's hard, you know, that, that, that will win a lot of horizon league games. Um, yeah. I just, I'm never expecting it to happen. Well, and this year yeah. they, they, they have the extra added benefit. They kind of don't have to be, they're not going to be the anchor this year. I, I've said that many, many for many, many, is, many, many times yes. over the years. But this year they do. They're not going to be the bank. They're not going to be the anchor. Um, it's going to be UIC. Yes. Because <laughs> Stephen McLean, you know, he he's got some work to do. I mean, he's got he's got the Kembe Dixon, but he's still got a lot of work to do. So he's got he got UIC, and and then you got Cleveland State, which is. I, I don't know. I, I think I think if you if you put the bottom four teams in a in a pile, if you put Cleveland State, Youngstown State, Northern Kentucky, and UIC together, I think that Cleveland State's the team that comes out on top of the four. Um, it may be NKU. Uh, I just don't know if they're really ready for prime time because when we play when they played here at Milwaukee on Monday, they did a they did okay. Um, they started out fantastic because they shot the lights out to begin the game and we don't have a good defense. So it's easier. It's easier to shoot the lights out against us than other teams. But then once our team settled in, I mean, they just, we just floored them. I think in the past, what is it? The, I, I think in the past, I, I want to say in, in the last like 25 minutes of the game, Milwaukee just owned Northern Kentucky and I, I'd like to think that they can they can be really good right away, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath. I think Cleveland State with Gary Waters is a better team of the four, but uh, who knows? It's really that I think there's your seven through ten right there to be. To, I'm gonna say no at this honest. point. I'm gonna say no at this point. Um, yeah, because well, you guys are all I, pessimists. The, that way, that's why you're saying no at this point. <laughs> I'm saying no because up for for the last you know they go up to they go up to Oakland and get pretty much run out of the gym. They get the, they go up to Detroit, which I thought was probably the most winnable game out of all of that. And you know, again, big always the second half mistakes, turnovers, fouls, you know, mm-hmm. and you saw that. Oh, yeah. it, it drove my it drove me crazy. I was pulling my hair out during that game. I mean, it depressed me to the point I, you know, my column this week was about was actually about former Viking Stipe Miocic, who you know just has got a shot at the UFC heavyweight title. That's oh, how really? depressing that was. So, um, and, and then this week, you know, they they go up fifteen two on Green Bay, and then ugh, that was it. Not only that. 
they Gary Waters kicked a kid off his team. Miles Hamilton is no longer on the team anymore. Yeah, what happened with that? We saw that on he Thursday in, night. He so got he, into it with Gary Waters, and Gary Waters told him to not only get off the floor, get out of the arena. The next day, the next day they announced he was gone. He was dismissed. He is wow. he is no longer. And to make matters worse, one of our super walk-ons, Daniel Levitt, uh, looks like he's got a uh, an ACL MCL tear. All right. Well, I th- I think we're, we should pretty much wrap it up by now. I'm I'm. Thank you guys for sticking around a lot longer than hey, no problem. We had talked about. I thought this was a fantastic job. Bob, did you have anything to say before we wrapped it up? Um, nothing. Um, other than you know, you know the spiel. I mean, you know, you can catch all of us on uh, fourlights.fm, and you can follow us on. Uh, you can catch the podcast on iTunes and TuneIn. So yeah, iTunes, TuneIn. I think we have we're on SoundCloud too, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're on SoundCloud, so, and for you, and for you degenerates like me who have a BlackBerry still, uh, it's also on Nobex Radio. So, there's BlackBerry still exists. Still I still I own one. Thank you. <laughs> I might get a BlackBerry, or I might get a Razor. I don't know. Do you still make the Motorola Razor? Uh, yes. Yeah. No. 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 Of course not. Uh, they <laughs> no, they can, they moved it over to Droid. No. No. BlackBerry actually makes it and. BlackBerry actually makes an Android-based uh, phone now, but it costs seven hundred and fifty bucks. So uh, seven hundred and fifty bucks. Well, with yes, open-source programming system, great. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for coming on the Horizon Roundtable. This Thanks was actually a roundtable today. Bob McDonald from Cleveland State, um, myself, Jimmy Lemke from Panther U. Have a good All one. Right. We'll see you guys we'll, next week. We'll see you next week.